Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Human Interest Podcast. I'm Evelyn Omboi. I want to end Women's History Month with a conversation that is a reality to a lot of people. I know the narrative this month of March has been all about empowering the today woman to know that they can do it all, have a successful career, and still hold fort on the home front. But what if you're backed into a corner and you have to choose? Hi. Hi. <laughs> My name is Diana. Um, I have four babies, ranging from one to eight. I'm a stay-at-home mother. I used to be employed. I worked for roughly six, seven years. And uh, the decision to quit my jobs came at the point where I was frustrated at work. So I knew I could be replaced at work, but I could never be replaced as a mother. My child needed me. She knew only the house help. Mommy used to leave the house at 5.45, back at 11, Monday to Friday, at times in the office over the weekends. And the work never used to get finished. But she's not going to stay at the same age, waiting for me to finish my work and then grow. What happens when your career leaves you with no room for anything else? When you struggle to ask for permission to take your child to hospital, when your child gets admitted, but miraculously you're supposed to have finished the work that was piling up on your desk, and you communicated effectively to that order. I got so frustrated. I felt so guilty. And a failure as a parent, and there's nothing as horrible as that. So one day I decided to walk out, and everybody was worried because where are you going to get your money from? And I was worried because I was always so tired, there's nothing I could ever figure out. And life had just become about work day in, day out. Everyone has a story, and every story has a lesson. Diana takes us back six years when she had just gotten her firstborn, the challenges she faced, and the lessons she has carried since. Here's Diana's story on the Human Interest Podcast. There's a time there was an outbreak of pneumonia in Nairobi and the surrounding regions, and an alert had been given. So in the process of every day checking up on my baby, this day I checked and she'd been sleeping the whole day. So I asked the nanny, what are the symptoms that the child have? She told me, and when I called the pediatrician, she told me there's some of the symptoms to look out for. And as soon as your child gets this, you need to get them into a hospital. I called the first hospital. Their wards were fully booked. They could not attend to her. Second hospital, third hospital. This was at 11 o'clock in the morning. So I asked for permission to leave, and it was not yet time for me to check out. So I was told to stay at my desk. I think I froze. Because, again, the same... I think something went through my head that was plain. My baby is not going to wait for me at the same age while this job is going on. And even if I left today, they'll always get somebody else to replace me. I had to call a cab driver who's a friend because he used to take me up and down and ask him to take them to hospital because I was not available to do that. So when they got to the first hospital and there was no space, he still had to take them to the second one. So him, he's passing through traffic and all. And when he got them there, he left because he'd done his bits. So it was for them to wait for me. Through goodwill, my child was seen without any payment, any insurance process. 
and she got the attention she needed because they waited for me to get there with a medical card that I had. But once they saw her, they told her she needs to be admitted and the hospitals in around the region were fully packed. So I had to go to a different hospital. And by the time I was getting there, because I had to walk from the office to the hospital, there was an ambulance waiting for us downstairs because my child had to be admitted. And you're saying walking like it's just here, like a minute. How, how long did you walk? From Upper Hill to town at 5 o'clock in the evening, like a crazy woman, you don't know what's going on. And using a bus would have been the easiest option, but hot traffic is not something to joke about, and it's always crazy. So I walked to town Kenyatta Avenue to the hospital, and I find they've just found an ambulance and a hospital with just one slot available. So we had to get there before another patient because it was an outbreak and they were always receiving patients, had to be booked into that hospital. So this is just one of the many occasions that Diana attributes to her decision to quit. You ask for something, you're seen as being too pushy, too rude, you're getting warning letters left, right and centre that don't add up. So in my head that was just, I was being pushed out. I either fight it or I accept it. I accepted to leave and that's how I left. Did you feel, okay, I think this is an obvious, that you were given an equal opportunity in the workplace compared to maybe your peers, your male peers? No, never, ever. For them, it seemed easier for them to get away with some things. And I think I was the only one in the department that had a child. So we were all same age group but with a child so it seemed like I'm being given special treatment when I'd ask to leave to take my child to the clinic when I'd ask to leave to take my baby to hospital when I'd ask for permission to leave early so that I could express that seemed like special favor for some people and it created some form of friction in the office how was it for you doing that process of expressing when you had just given birth <laughs> that's a funny one because we all know there are processes that are set up when you're going through certain parts of your life. And when it comes to expressing, the first person you'd go to was the HR office, which I did. Shocked my face when I asked for a room to express my milk and I was told where I'm supposed to go and express. I just, I laughed. Because if you're asked to eat in a toilet, you would not do that. But you want me to express my child's milk in a toilet. And you tell me to my face that, I, I don't know, I, you question where am I working here in the first place. When you left this first job, did you, did you want to be employed again? Like, what was your frame of mind then? I was a single mother. So bills have to be paid. There are some which are optional, there are some which are not optional. So fortunately for me, I got a job the following day and I started off on it and it was good in the beginning until the same cracks that were there previously began to form and I still found myself in that same box that I tried to escape from in the first place. So yes, the bills are getting paid, but I'm not happy, I'm always tired, I'm always frustrated, I'm not motivated. We're back to the same old cycle. So yes, the bills are being paid, but that's not what life is all about. Yeah. Do you think we can do it all? Can we 
do family and do career in this in this space in this Kenyan space let me say is it possible yes it is if all the channels that are supposed to support you support you and work with you according to the season you're in not form a blanket assumption that when you're between 20 and 25 this is where you're supposed to be and this is how you're supposed to be treated if they worked with their employees in the season they're in yes our any lady any woman anywhere can su- succeed and the success stories mm. so yes it is possible would you want to go into employment again um yes it's a temptation it's easier you still have a paycheck at the end of the month but I'll miss in that time with my kids. So as much as it's enticing I won't have to worry about the bills. I, right now? No. No. Yes and no. For all the previous reasons that I had. But after being home with my kids 2013, 14, 15, 16, 75 years, it would be so hard. I'd always be calling home. I'd ask to leave early, I'd ask to come late because I pick them, pick them up from school and I drop them in school. I'd seem like a fussy employee, but for me this is my current season. I want to be there when they're starting off because they're all just in the initial stages of school and that's when a parent is supposed to be involved the most. Mm. Um I go sit down with my kids teachers and learn how I'm supposed to t- do with them their homework. So I guess I'd be a fussy employee to some people. but the right employer would understand me for the stage I am in right now. What would you want to tell um employees who are going through this trying to juggle between having a happy family and having a happy and successful career? What do you define as a career? What do you define as family? What is more important for you? You if if I'm sure every organization has gone through this where somebody quits and or somebody passes away from that particular position they are in if there's one thing you notice 48 hours later that job is advertised for one or two months later that job has somebody working it which should tell you you're not a robot fixed in one position if you decided to leave and start off it is not wrong you will always get to there up there that you want to be money can always come it will always come in at the right time but the initial stages for your kids you will lose out on that it said that the first six years is when us as parents have the highest influence on our children and we should strive to be there to mold them after that they belong to the world and <laughs> yes it's a world they belong to the world and they'll grab so many things that you're wondering oh my god how did we get here but if you find yourself you're struggling between career and being a mother ask yourself these critical questions go through them truthfully if you have support support does not have to be your spouse it can be family it can be the right friends it can be your church it can be where you go worship regardless of what religion you'll be able to make a sober decision and the money will always come but everything else you can't wait for so long you want to start your own business now tell us about that process how you came up to the, uh, to that decision and, and what you hope to achieve um i bake my reason for baking was necessitated by the fact that my children all love bananas 
but I've had issues when it comes to wheat, when it comes to the milk they take, when the initial stages have a child who cannot touch, who could not touch formula, refused to breastfeed, have a child who could breastfeed but took so much I needed to substitute, have a child who did not agree to breastfeed, could not take formula, could not take goat milk, all the recommended parts taken could not work. So I decided experimenting with different things and seeing how it works for me. Mm -hmm. So the first child, wheat never worked, but rye worked. That's born the idea of rye banana bread. Um, the other child, nothing worked apart from oats. So I learned how to make my own oat milk in the house and I attempted to put a banana in it and throw it into the oven. Thus came the oats banana bread. For the first two, they could accept wheat, but it came on later. The first two, I think, I was still learning the ropes of parenting. I didn't know some of these things, yeah. and I didn't have anyone to tell me some of these things. So for them, they went through the pain of all the processes. Mm -hmm. You don't know what triggers to look for so that you know what to do and what not to do. So the first two, it was chocolate chip banana bread, and that's how... I ended up always having that for them in the house. And a couple of friends tasting it, classmates in school tasting the bread that the kids have carried. Soon they asked me to bake for them, for them to buy. And an idea was born. So I sell banana bread. By value addition, I go around the soko, picking over ripe bananas from the traders. I use rye flour, I use oat flour, and I use wheat. And most of my clients are conscious about their health, so they go for the oats and the rye, seems, because it's said to be more healthy. So that's how my business, and now I'm in the process of registering the business, because I've seen it can work, and I have support. And we're going to the next level. Let's see where it takes us. And now I'm in the position of being an employer. So the ball is now back to me now. I think I know the things not to do, the things to do and how to grow my employees to the next level. You sit down, you come up with the processes, guide them through, hope it works, and repeat over and over. Never get tired of repeating because it may seem tiresome, but that's what makes things work. Always repeating. I like documenting, so I always have notes stuck everywhere. And I tell them, please don't get offended. It's a process. If I don't write it down, I won't remember. So I document all processes. We go through it over and over again. And you're always free to ask the same question, even if it's 20 times. It's never a silly question. So right now I'm training one person. Hopefully I'll train another two or three. Then for the finance bits, I'll give opportunities to interns so that they can come in and up their skill as they do the finances for the company. And also there's some areas that I got a business coach. Oh, that's another thing. I got help. I know I can't do everything. So she's helping me set it up, go through the whole process, learn through it. That comes as a privilege of the master's degree that I'm currently undertaking. Yes, so this girl is back in school again. So, <laughs> yes. And then in terms of as a lady, there are ladies we go with to church. We formed our own study group where we are studying the Bible, Proverbs 31 to be exact, and understand what it's about, what it needs me to do. And from it, I know so much will be born. Then there's Bible study, which is extremely important, but we seem to overlook it from time to time. When you continuously study the Word of God, and I've purpose to always go with my children when I'm going for my Bible study, you 
learn something new that was there but you never saw it before because it comes from somebody else's mouth and from their point of view. And when the children sit down and listen to our stories, when you're telling the Bible stories, they pick out some things and they can always ask questions later. Or even there, they're free to ask. So we are all free to come with your kids. We sit down, we fellowship, we finish, we go home. So I have different circles that hopefully will hold my hand as we go through the, this one journey and help me in different parts of my life. I always ask for, okay, I don't always ask for help, but I'm learning to ask for help. Mm. That's the right word. Tell me about the, the woman you are now compared to the woman you were when you were employed. Oh, I was bitter, very bitter, short-tempered. Oh, my goodness, and impatient. If there's a thing a two-year-old can teach you is patience. Potty training a two-year-old Oh my goodness, you learn patience. Teaching a child to hold a spoon and it gets to the mouth without any spills. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> is patience. Yeah. And when you actually see them go through that process for the first time, there's no amount of money you'd ever be paid in the world for the joy that you feel. That's true. Yes. That's true. So for me, that is always a motivator. Does that mean I make a million bucks every month? No. Does that mean I cannot do that one day? No. But for right now, the season that I am in is for my kids. And I'm fully dedicated to give them the best that I can right now. Yes. Thanks, Diana, for sharing your story. I'll share her details on my Instagram page for those who want to try out high yummy but healthy cakes. The Human Interest Podcast is my Instagram account. You can also follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Evelyn Wambui and Evelyn Wambui. That's E-V-E-L-Y-N-W-A-M-B-U-I. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please do. The Human Interest Podcast is available on your favorite podcast app. And if that app allows you to review or comment, please do so more people are able to find and enjoy the podcast. Thank you for indulging me this Women's History Month. I hope you have been inspired, educated, entertained. My biggest lesson this month has been the importance of ensuring we share our power. And I know I've said this quite a lot this month, but... I have understood the value of sharing your power with the young people. And I have understood that women today represent what girls can be tomorrow, especially because of this conversation that I had with my four-year-old daughter, who I just found talking to herself, you know, four-year-olds. And so I found her sitting at a corner with my microphone and imitating me. And I was like, hi, what are you doing? And she's saying, I'm, I'm working on a podcast. And I just thought, oh, wow. <laughs> And I asked her a few questions. You listen to the conversation, I'll put it at the end of the podcast. And I just thought to myself, you know, that when you think no one is looking and someone actually is, and it inspires you to be better because you know that someone is watching you and learning from you. And I found that really, really powerful. And I think that was the first time that it actually hit home that women today represent what girls can be tomorrow. Guys, let's share our power, especially with the young women. It's been great. Thank you so much. I'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.
is the podcast. The podcast is here. What does mommy say? Welcome to this podcast. That's what I say? Yeah. <laughs> we talk to each I talk to people through the podcast. Oh. Mm. Do you like mommy's podcast? Yeah. Have you ever listened to it? Yes. What do you hear when you listen to it? Welcome to this podcast. I'm eating my boy.